Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. This week, maybe the craziest poll I've seen in a while, actually a couple of them, from the same pollster. Believe me, we'll talk about it. And boy, were we right on Ron DeSantis having a really bad week. Plus, a few of your questions, hopefully, if Alex can get us that in that direction. Alex, uh, so where should we get started? Oh, man. Yeah, it, I kind of want to just replay last week's pod for the next like half hour while we just listen to it or at least the chunk the chunk of us talking about how how Ron DeSantis is totally screwed but let's talk about about the poll and the reason I wanted to bring this up Joe is you're starting to hear some chatter and we've gotten our fair few questions from listeners on this you know the polling averages have either you know it's really tight and it's not where Joe Biden needs to be right now should we be worried about where he is relative to Trump at this point well, yeah, I mean, first of all, no. And second of all, because that's not where he is. <laughs> I mean, the you know, it's it, you, you just have to laugh at how insane all this is. Uh, it, it, you know, and of all people to sort of call it out, it's the funny thing is it's Ron DeSantis's pack pollster uh, who pointed out just how bad some of the polls are right now. I mean, and the worst offender by far are the Harris polls. That's that's Mark Penn's polls, folks, for all those who don't who, who need a scorecard. You know, normally we wouldn't get into one or two specific polls this early, but it, it's important to see just how badly they're shaping the overall narrative. And you've got to look at, you know, the, the incentive or the motive seems to be behind pushing groups like no labels, you know, basically, you know, pushing the idea that Biden's in trouble, we need something else, or that you know, they'll both both are in trouble. But right now, just to give you an idea of where things are and how this impacts things, right now, the real clear politics average, the RCP average of all the polls out there, has Biden leading by one. Oh my God, sky's falling, you know, it's horrible. But they're badly skewed by two. Harris polls. Thank you, Mark Penn. Uh, one that has Trump up by four, and the other one has Trump up by five. So we're seeing the same Which, thing. Which, as, as you point out, head-to-head numbers, sure, okay, but you really got to look under the hood, right? Which is why these right. are so insane. Yeah, they're, they're insane for a whole bunch of reasons. But, but first of all, it kind of like, remember the big red wave, all those polls that were saying, oh, it's going to be big, it's going to be big. And it was the same thing. It was, it was basically just, just stacking the poll averages with really bad, screwed up polls. So how screwed up is the pin poll? Well, a couple of examples. Uh, Alex is right to raise it. The pin polls have Trump winning women by two points. You didn't even need to say by how much. Just the fact that yeah. he's even in the neighborhood he, he's is totally insane. Them. He's winning them by two points. He lost them by 15 points in 2020. He has Trump tied with Generation Z voters. He lost them by 30 points in 2022. I mean, like, I know the indictments are driving his numbers up with his base, but this is pretty ridiculous stuff. He has Biden only winning uh, black voters 59 to 24. You know, that's usually about 80 point lead, not, uh, you know, not, not in the 35, <laughs> yeah. right? It, it's just... So, so wait, if you look at those three, just those three numbers groups and, and, and you buy 
Penn's numbers, then yeah, Trump's up by four or five. But if you actually look at the other polls, uh, YouGov has Biden up four. The Morning Consult has Biden up two. Quinnipiac has Biden up five. Uh, Yahoo has Biden up five. So, I mean, you average that out. Let's let's call, you know, basically four, four real polls. Yeah. Four out there, it's about four. So Penn has Trump up. I mean, basically, the, he has the race completely upside down compared That's to every eight, other pollster out swing. there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so so now the problem is you throw in Penn's numbers and Biden's eyed up. By, so if, if you throw his numbers out, then Biden's up by four. You throw you throw his two crazy polls in. Biden's you know in a nail biter type virtual tie with with Trump. And um, and by by the way, you you know everybody out there who's rooting for for Trump, you know, starts doing you know waving the hey Democratic nail biters start nail biting your guys in big trouble because you know because Trump Trump's going to win. So you know I don't actually mind that because we need that energy out there. We, we, we this is going to be a tight race, and we need to keep doing the work. Right. The crazy part, too, and you see the other thing is you see the energy from 2022 that, by the way, you called way early. You remember New York 19, remember the Kansas special. I mean, there are so many data points. And by the way, there is a certain Supreme Court decision. Yeah, he's he's winning. He lost women by 15. He's now winning them by two after Roe v. After the court, after the Dobbs. It's like it's after Dobbs, right? It's like it's like my point is it's not just a comparison between 2020 and now. It's it's everything that's happened since 2020 yeah. is not pointing in the right yeah. direction for him, no matter how you cut it. But Mark Ben and Harris keep pumping this garbage out. It's just amazing that that and it gets covered it's a lot of it sometimes because it's the it's also a Harvard branded poll uh, in in one of its incarnations. So it gets covered because it's like you know, wow, that's impressive institution, but uh, more than some of the others. Uh, you know, in my view, it's going to ruin the Harris brand, but uh, I don't yeah. think Mark well, Penn cares he, about that, except maybe how it impacts him financially. But right now he's raking it in because No Labels is basically hires Harris X to, to do all its polling too, which is, that that's the other crazy thing about this, folks. It's like, so wait a minute, the two polls that show Trump winning by five and four also is the same pollster or polling firm that no labels hires to tell you that um, Biden's in trouble. That you need them. Yeah, that Biden's in trouble and you need them and and both you know that, that they're gonna win an election. It's all BS. Right. Well and that's where I wanted you to go, just because this isn't really about one poll in July of the odd year before president. It's it's more about how that fits into that overall narrative you're talking about. But right. th on the other hand, there there are some real things we should be looking at, which, by the way, one of them does come from a Harvard poll, which I yeah, know you wanted exactly. to get to. Yeah. John Delavope, who, you know, good friend. Uh, I been on the pod. Uh, yeah. yeah. Been on the pod. Trusted. Uh, you've always trusted his numbers and, and his uh, insights on this stuff. You, you know, I, I think I said on the last uh, podcast that I was worried, or maybe it was a Lincoln Project or a Resident Square. I, sometimes I, I forget which ones that we were talking about, where I said, you know, I think the, the uh, Republicans are on the verge of losing uh, a generation uh, forever. 
um, along the lines that uh, uh, Democrats uh, lost a lot of young people during the Reagan revolution. Anyway, Dal Vopi uh, uh, did a great study showing huge leaps in how young voters see key issues like climate, uh, you know, uh, same-sex marriage, uh, and, and guns and are reacting negatively, obviously, to the to Trumpism and to where the Republican Party is right now. We'll, we'll link to it because yeah. that if you look at the charts, which obviously podcasting yeah. is a visual medium, but yeah. it's 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 just straight up. I told you to put the, char- the charts in here, but no one can see them. Anyway, his, his quote is that this generation has never felt secure personally, physically or financially. And this goes back to a point I make all the time. It turns out School shooting drills, climate issues, red states going after LGBTQ issues, et cetera, are all really shaping how these young voters think and, and vote. As we've started to see. Yep. Yeah. And we're seeing that. Uh, and also, uh, you know, you look at the climate right now. I mean, this was, uh, you know, a, a listener comment from Ben in New York City said, it's so hot right now. And look at the wildfire smoke. This has to be resonating with people who can't breathe outside in their home towns, in their hometowns now, right? Yeah, well, that's true. But also, like, you know, I, I, I um, you know, how much longer can they, you know, can the, the, the Republicans sit there, oh, it gets hot all the time. This will, it'll be cold next year. Uh, you know, their usual answers to stuff. It may work with their older electorate, but these People are looking at a future, a bleak climate-driven future, and they're upset that that nothing's being done about it. And the people dragging their feet are the same people that are trying to, you know, you know, basically do total bans on abortion, want a nationwide ban on abortion. Now are are saying things in Florida. Thank you, uh, Ron DeSantis. I will, I'm sure we'll get to this. That you know, slavery. That it wasn't all that bad because slaves enslaved people, which is how we should talk about it. That their enslaved people actually acquired skills that that could benefit them. I mean, did you see? Did you, know, you see the best so, response though? It was like it was like Ron DeSantis's campaign isn't all that bad, but at least Ron DeSantis is learning skills that could help him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Larry Sabato tweeted that. But yeah, so what I'm saying is that the. You know, if you look at it, it's not just these people experience it, throughout their school years. Um, uh, they did mass shooting drills. I mean, you know, in a lot of ways, and not only that, you know, for a lot of us, and I've said this before, who, who, uh, you know, during the Cold War, uh, as teenagers or in in uh, in our schools, dove under under our desks in, in nuclear bombing drills. Um, we never saw one. It never happened in the United States. Still hasn't, thank God. But these are kids that go into mass shooting drills every day or, you know, once a week or whenever their school has it, and then see hundreds of them throughout the, you know, I don't know how many this year, maybe it's only 50, but whatever it is, it's a, it's a big number and it's get covered all the time. So these threats are real. And the climate, again, it's getting covered, folks, you know. And like I said, you can, uh, you know, there are, I'm sure there's a bunch of folks who still are going to be, you know, deny that people have anything to do with it or fossil fuels or any of that stuff. And a lot of them also are like, yeah, well, you know, let, let the next generation deal with it. I, I won't be around. I mean, if you're if you're in, in the MAGA uh, cult, that's, you know, part of it. 
but they know that it's fragile and that they're the ones that are getting stuck with, with, you know, with a, 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 the, the consequences of a climate future that, that, that the Republicans deny and won't do anything about. Well, speaking of young people getting stuck with consequences, though, too, I mean, and we're going back to back with with listener questions here, but Tim in Detroit points out, and I thought this was a good time to bring it up, could student loan forgiveness, now that the court struck down Biden's executive order, be a big issue in 24? And this was a question he asked a couple of weeks ago, but figured it kind of fit in now. It's got to, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, but it, it, it adds up to it all. That's what I'm saying. It adds up to the abortion bans, the crazy stuff uh, that states are doing, uh, and to, you know, the proposal for the national abortion ban. Like I said, it adds up with Santis uh, and, you know, uh, this, the, you know, the, this decision for the schools to say you can, you know, that in, in Florida now you have to teach middle school kids that slavery was beneficial to enslaved people because they 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 gained some skills. I mean, it's it all this, and then right when you when this you look at the real at what uh, Doug Jones would call bread and butter issues like being able to to make ends meet and pay your student uh, loans that are just hanging over you. They you know on the kitchen table issues they're screwing you too. So I think this that that's why I I've said and I think Delavope signals this that the one that, re, that he, he's signaling republicans are going to have a, a very difficult time winning uh the gen z generation even though mark penn says that his polling shows that gen z voters are tied between right. trump and biden uh and i think despite mark penn's belief or the harris polls uh numbers saying that it's a tie with gen z voters i think that it's it, it's not a tie he lost them by like 30 points last time. And I think he's we're, the GOP's on their way to losing them bigger this time and, and more energized, more turning out. And by the way, that if that happens, when you when you see two presidential elections like, and this is again the Reagan Revolution, 80 and 84. Uh, I know I keep dating myself by bringing up uh, you know, elections that far back. But it was a realignment, a, a generational realignment. And I think that's, and by the way, it set up every victory that the, the Republicans have had since then. Uh, that's the coalition that, that formed the base. It's now the MAGA base. Uh, and Reagan wouldn't even be elected by the same people that, that got drawn into the party by him. But, um, I mean, today. But that's that's what's happening i think in the opposite direction the, the the gop is now on the verge of creating a a real chasm with a generation that when you see it happen two presidential races in a row that generation tends to lean that way the rest even if they register independent they tend to break to where you know to the to the party away from the party that repelled them that made them go no i'd never do that and towards the other party, still got to earn it. We still got to solve some of these problems. And Biden, by the way, has done a lot on climate and, and a lot of the issues, student loans, or, or at least tried even with opposition, amazing opposition from the Republican Party. But that all plays to moving that generation permanently away from them. And I think uh, that is at least one sign that I continually see as positive going into 2024. 
I don't know, Joe. Can you think of another one that might rhyme with Bidenomics? Binomics does rhyme with Bidenomics. It's not a joke. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's that didn't work. Well, but yeah, the, I mean, consumer confidence is up. Talk about a poll that actually kind of does matter, and this usually does kind of skew with inflation a little bit. But it's at a two-year high, and that's yeah, just the it, latest in so many other numbers that are just showing that what the president is doing is working. Uh, yeah, no, and GDP was, I think, 2.4 today, uh, which was better than people thought. And of course, <laughs> both of those numbers will will then get you the, well, but does that mean we're going to go into a recession because the Fed's going to have to keep raising interest rates? I mean, it's just the same crap that, the, you know, uh, it's the the red mirage, the red wave, red, what red wave, you know, turning into a red mirage. The economy is doing incredibly well. It's Bidenomics that's driving it. And even the Fed, I think, uh, you know, the reaction to the Fed was that they don't know, they no longer see a recession in the near term after this, this latest interest rate hike, this last Fed meeting. So you look at all this, Bidenomics is working. Now, the key here, and this is something that's been true throughout presidential campaigns, there is always a, a hyper negativity to massive job loss, uh, recession, anything bad in the economy. It all hangs on the on the administration who's in power and the party that's in power. I would point out that that's what why everybody thought there would be a huge red wave, because when you went into 2022 with the interest rates, gas prices, all that stuff. The, the news media is saying gas prices, recession, recession, recession come. That, that's what the whole thing, you know, they, and guess what? It didn't happen. It didn't happen, um, which tells me, one, no one was, I mean, as much as, yeah, you go, you, you blame, I'm sure they continued to blame the sitting president and, and the Democrats, uh, or that's who they were kind of angry at because there's, you know, you got to, you're, you're, you're pissed something here. But in the end, they did not pick. They they that did not drive them into the Republican right. Party, and I think it's because all this all the, we talk about the crazy versus Biden and Democrats doing the work. But I think the other flip of that is when the economy starts to move. Generally, the problem is that it doesn't move early enough for people to feel it before they vote. So. And what I mean by that, it takes three to six months of what we're now hearing about, what we're now seeing in these numbers and the and GDP and and the, the the real power of the job creation and other things that, that have happened under under Bidenomics. There are people, it will take three to six months of this kind of, you know, two more quarters of it for people to go to to flip from being negative about the economy to saying, damn, it's pretty damn good. In other words, we can, you can, an economist could look at it now and you see it when, in the coverage, you know, how could it be that Biden's numbers this low are this low in economy this good? Well, like I said, it takes the electorate three to six months. Once you start hearing that in the press, it takes, a, it's right. a delay. The negative tends to be a lot faster than the, faster, than the positive. The positives delay. But if you look at when that is, so, okay, you know, it's, I don't know what, March, April of next year, fully months before the general election, 
um, as the electorate more and more now. I mean, I think these numbers are going to that's I mean, it's going to get get deeper and deeper into the electorate that the economy really is turning and that Bidenomics is working. So that's another, as you said, yeah, uh, it doesn't rhyme, but it's a it's another big plus sign um, that's being discounted right now because um, of the lag in polling to reality. Right. Well, and just to put a cap on this one before we take a break, there were Democrats also just skewering this poll. Um, uh, A former Harris worker and who's worked elsewhere points out a crazier number. They have this poll has Trump winning independence by eight, which is just totally bonkers. So anyway, let's take a break, come back into a few more questions. Support for that trippy show comes from Odoo. What is Odoo? Well, Odoo is the only software your business will ever need. Featuring a suite of integrated business applications, Odoo connects your business operations together so you get more done in less time. Odoo has apps for everything. CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, marketing, manufacturing, you name it. Odoo's got it. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash trippy. That's odoo.com slash trippy. All right. So, Joe, we, we can't. feels like this is a running segment now, but DeSantis is having just another terrible week. Uh, our friend Jeff Timmer tweeted, uh, paraphrasing, but he basically said that literally every American is glad they are not Ron DeSantis. Um, it, it's just it's like, well, it, it might be except for Casey, his wife. Uh, she may she may there may be two people. Uh, but I'm not even sure they are happy they're them right no, now. No, he, he clearly <laughs> looks unhappy. Bad, no, absolutely. It's been, that, it's been that bad a week. Well, now that bad a couple of weeks uh, uh, for them. I mean, everything we said last week has come to pass, but it's just worse. I mean, but like uh, you, could, you have to make up how bad it. Like it, it's but, almost just dumb this week. Like what even? Eh. Well, I mean, retweeting a, a video with clear Nazi imagery, then fired the guy who supposedly made it and retweeted it with, you know, uh, I, I mean, and then then you have the, the, he, he, this guy. I mean, how crazy do you have to be to and how just, oh, God, I mean, in the tank to ask his uh, the base that you have to be to actually say that you would put RFK Jr. in charge of, of, of the FDA or the CDC. I mean, you know, a, a, you know, a complete anti-vaxxer, you're going to actually put them in charge of the CDC or the FDA. I mean, I get that you want to put somebody, but like RFK Jr., are you, I mean, it, it's not stupid. It's not crazy. It's this is how what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, how cravenly in pursuit he is of those it, voters. You know what it reminds me of? Do you remember in I think it's, it was one of the first Republican debates, Carly Fiorina was struggling and she got up on stage in Iowa right before the first time Iowa had made the Rose Bowl in a long time and her alma mater, Stanford. And they asked her who she was rooting for. And she looked at a bunch of Big Ten football fans and and, and totally panicked and said she was rooting for Iowa. And I mean, that wasn't the only reason she tanked. But but you just yeah, it's can't. groveling to the voter. That's what, it's, that that's is. what he's that's yeah. what he's put. Oh, RFK, 
So I, I literally was getting a haircut yesterday. I noticed that again, yeah, visual media. And no, no. And you know, there's nothing, you know, you're, you're getting your haircut and, and then the guy who's cutting your hair starts talking about how Trump was the greatest president he's ever, who's, who's ever been elected. Um, and says to, says, and I'm just shutting up and listening, you know, like, okay, let's see where this goes. So I asked about DeSantis. He was like, you know, I'll tell you, people come, come in here. Everybody comes in here. We talk about, about these folks. And, and I'll tell you, Ron DeSantis, not one of them. They, they all liked him in the beginning, but they're not one of them can vote. They, I can't vote for him. No one can. They're not going to vote for him. I said, well, who else are you hearing about in the chair here? And he goes, RFK Jr. I tell you, a lot of people come in here and they're, they're, they, they're, they're talking about RFK Jr. So DeSantis is plugging a guy who's doing a hell of a lot better in the Trump barber chair than himself. Okay. I mean, it's that, that's how, uh, that's how bad his week has been. And he's still flying private planes and, 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 and his Which donors. Are I want to get to the plane part. I'm, 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 I'm glad you got this. So, you know, I don't think people that have, not really been in the very small circle of people that have to manage logistics on a massive presidential campaign understand just how quickly you shoot up and how quickly everything can 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 come tumbling down one of my favorite trippy stories is how 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 big the plane gets as 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 you go but like he's still acting like nothing's on fire so i just from your perspective you know look how how bad is this at this, it's crazy. It's the the level of spending, the level of staff, the level of staff they hired, uh, flying around in private jets now. Like at this stage of the game, you're supposed, to, particularly in Iowa, New Hampshire, you're supposed to be in a van, you know, l- literally living off the land, going county to county, meeting people, you know, in cafes and barns and things like that. And I think so. One, you, if you're in a plane right now, we'll get through this. Uh, go get to the point you made. Look. You, you basically start out in a van uh, uh, driving around. And one day you do start, you, and you're flying commercial for sure at this stage. You know, Trump doesn't have to do that. But if you're, if you're a, a candidate who's, who's trying to chase down the nomination, that's what you're doing. And then, yeah, at some point you might be able, uh, and by the way, the press is in a bus following you, not on a plane following you. I mean, this is what I'm saying. They're all get there. But Sooner or later, you can get to a plane, and it's you know it, it's pretty much a small plane, but you, you might get there, and one day after you win two or three states, you might actually be in a seven twenty seven or a seven thirty seven. Excuse me, these days, and I've been there. I've run the plane for a presidential campaign, but I'll tell you the saddest part is when it starts. First of all, if you die before you ever get to a you, you know because you went and ponied up big money for planes early and hired a lot of staff, you cannot make it in this game. And it's one of the reasons I don't think Ron DeSantis is going to make it. The other reason he's not going to make it um, is because, remember, get in a van, drive around, meet people in small groups and cafes and barns and things like that. They have to fall in love with you. you got to be somebody, an insurgent, a front runner they can fall in love with in these states, in the early states, or or a, a an insurgent that even the ones that they don't, I don't know if you have much chance, but man, I really love you. I fall in love with you. I'm going to join you. No one likes this guy. No one. Right. 
Well, and you <laughs> so saw he now he wants to he, defund he, Disney he, police. I forgot. Yeah, about yeah that that's one. mean. He's like, so you know, he can't. He's not going to get there by buying it with and by you know running around, uh, you know, in, in a big plane and, and uh, it, you know that's not going to work. And then if he goes the other way and starts, you know, you know, eating off the land, seeing meeting people where they are across rural Iowa and then up in New England and New Hampshire. The more they meet him, the more they don't like him. So he's got some real problems, not just a bad week. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's him. And uh, you can fire a third of your staff. You can fire half of them. The problem is staff has is they can't fire the candidate. So before we go, Joe, I got to ask this question from Jane in New York. I see the Lincoln Project and others leaning heavily into whacking Tommy Tuberville for screwing up military promotions. Does this have legs? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it has legs. This, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you asked the question. It, it, it really does. This is a great way for Biden and the Democrats to flip the military messaging around on the, on the, uh, on the Republican Party. What you do know, you mean that by the that? Ultra, that ultra mega, that this guy, you know, who's ultra mega is weakening, weakening our military. I mean, the result of Dobbs is you know, potentially significant degradation of America's military. Uh, right. That's a uh, quote capability. from the Secretary of Defense, just yeah. so we're clear. That's yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It, you know, you go to the Secretary of Defense. The result of Dobbs is potentially significant de- degradation of America's military capability. That's your Secretary of Defense, and he's putting so much. At, 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 I mean, this is so hard on the family. These are we're talking about screwing up military promotions. These are families that need to know where they're going to be assigned. It's all based on their promotion. And then by the way, there's other families and people who will get, who will move into those slots that they, right. as so they, it's like where they your kid's up. going to go to school. So, it's where yeah, your it's spouse just, is it, going right, to work. It's, all it's that just stuff. nuts. And why? For what? I mean, it's not going to happen. The, you, I mean, he's not going to get his way. This is just another one of those MAGA stunts and because it's Alabama, which, by the way, is crazy, because it's Alabama, he may get away with this. But the fact is, you know, where it is, this is a state that that has always stood strong uh, for the military. And and uh, by the way, a lot of the military installations in Alabama are being impacted by this, not just this, but. The whole, there are a whole bunch of other things that are going on in the Defense Department that are all being held up, all because Tommy Tumberville is crazy. I mean, you know, there's no other way around it. He, he, this is just insane. No, so the problem for Democrats has always been that the Republicans always got there. They're, they're weak on defense. They don't care about the military, which has all been bullshit all along. But no, this is flipping now because. Because of Tommy, not not just because of Tommy Tuberville, but because there aren't any the, the rest of the the Republican caucus in the Senate is letting this happen. They're not doing anything to shut him down. They're not calling on him to end this. I mean, they may be whispering him to him in the halls. You may have a see a couple of comments, but they're not doing. This is all being played out. This is the Republican uh, Republicans in you know doing this, and so I do think this. This really gives some room to uh, some voices out there who start saying, 
um, calling on, on independents, Republicans, and Democrats. The one thing we all still agree on um, is the support of our military and, and, and veterans uh, and say, look, this isn't about whether you're pro-life, pro-choice, whether you're Republican, independent, or Democratic, what Democrat, what, what um, Tommy Tuberville is doing is wrong. And it's important now for us to stand against this stuff, not to politicize the military. Everything else has been polarized and, and politicized, not this, not now. And all of us call on Tommy Tuberville to stand down because the damn Republicans in the Senate won't. It, you know, but hopefully maybe some former uh, Republican senators and office holders, maybe Adam Kinzinger and others will join in an effort to, to do that, to rally people regardless of party and regardless of your views on abortion, that we can come in together and agree. Like, look, we can debate. Tommy Tuberville can try to put a, a, a bill on the floor on what he wants to do vis-a-vis uh, -vis Dobbs and its impact on the military. But let's have that debate and a vote on it. Let's not like hold up in it, you know, people who just want to serve their country, they've been promoted. Their promotion has to be approved by the Senate. And you're throwing some stupid politicizing crap by holding their promotions up, screwing their families. And then, by the way, every military family below or, or that would be impacted by where, you know, who still wants to know where they're moving, what, you know, where their family has to get their children into school. Uh, and move to it's just uh, you look I, I we campaigned against Tommy Tuberville we lost I thought then you know that it was a pretty devastating loss I mean, you know Doug Jones would have been such a it, it, staying in the Senate uh, Alabama deserved so much better than Tommy Tuberville uh, but they you know but uh, it, but I never thought that even in my you know did I think that Tommy Tuberville was this, I mean, just this, I don't know what the word is, despicable, I guess. I, I mean, I just know, I, yeah, Craven. Well, we're seeing Craveness and, you know, throughout the party right now. And I guess, why would I be surprised by Tommy Tuberville? You're right. Yep. All right, Joe, that's about all the time we've got. Well, on that sour note, but seriously, folks, like, let's try to rally, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, everybody to really uh, call on Tuberville to do so. I mean, we'll talk, I'm going to talk to some folks, we'll see if we can get something going here. But I think that's, that's something that needs to happen because if, as independents, Republicans or Democrats, if we can't agree, hey, let's put our differences aside, whether you're pro-life, pro-choice, let's get these people their promotions. Tommy Tuberville, you can fight this out some other way, but this is just plain wrong and, and we, we call on you to end it. On that note, thanks everyone for listening to that trippy show. A reminder that this podcast will always be free and is part of Resolute Square. You can check out the latest at ResoluteSquare.com slash trippy. Please subscribe to that trippy show and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. And you can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question in the review on iTunes. And we actually are starting to get to questions now, trying to get more of them in. And Alex is actually doing a pretty good job of getting them to us to for him and me to talk about so we'll get to more and we'll see you next week